This business studies lesson is brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education. Greetings to everyone. This is Tandanani Miende from Sibusasewe Comprehensive Technical High School. I'm here today to share on a lesson, business studies, under the topic of investment and securities. So there are things that we need to make sure that if we are going into class, whether with the teacher or as learners, we must be aware of the examination guideline because that is where everything happens starting from. So now going into class without knowing your exam guideline, of course, may expose you learners to have contents that you were not taught during the examination. So it is very important for me to start engaging with the exam guideline because that's where we all should be starting before we do anything because all these bullets that are there in the exam guidelines are examinable, meaning you may at any given time find them lying around in the examination and all you need to do is to make sure that you respond to all of them. So let me start by going through the exam guideline to say these are the things that we must make sure that we take note of. For number one, learners must be able to outline or explain or discuss the functions of the JSE. Number two, learners must be able to understand or investigate a range of investment opportunities. Number three, they must be able to describe, explain, or discuss the factors that should be considered when making an investment decision. Number four, explain the various types of investments that are inclusive of fixed property, stock wells, management portfolio, and venture capital. The next one will be explain the risk factors for each and every investment option that you may decide to invest into. The next one is, which I think is very important, because yes, we do have a lot of investment options, but for these ones, I want to regard them as more important because with them, we also need to discuss them. Yes, we need to analyze them, but more importantly, we need to evaluate them. So if you evaluate them, it means you must make sure that you check what's positive about them and what is negative about them. And those are your RSA retail savings bonds, your unit trust, your shares, and your fixed deposits. These ones, we must understand them. We must be able to discuss them. We must also be able to evaluate them to see what is positive and what is negative with them. You must also be able to identify the following types of shares from the scenarios, meaning before you are able to identify them, you must make sure that you understand the types of shares, which are inclusive of ordinary shares, preference shares, bonus shares, and founders shares. But for preference shares, it is also very important to understand the types now of preference shares, which we are going to unpack when we, we are dealing with the contents now uh, that underpins all these habitings. The next one would be, you must be able to state the rights of preference shares and also the rights of ordinary shares. I have seen some of the documents are only talking about the rights of preference shares. So we are saying the revised examination guideline 2020 is saying we must also make sure that we, we engage with the rights of ordinary shareholders. And the next one is identify 
types of preferences from given scenarios. Of course, if you understand the types of preferences, it is therefore easy to identify them or it is therefore possible to identify them from the case study. You must be able to define debentures, dividends, capital, gain, simple interest and compound interest. Another one will be differentiate between simple interest and compound interest. This question is commonly asked because if you are investing, of course, at the end of the day, you expect to get an interest, meaning you must be able to differentiate these two. The next one will be, which I think makes most of our learners feel uncomfortable because it is mathematic. Because at the end of the day, we need to be able now to calculate simple interest and also calculate compound interest. That is where we find our learners struggling to get these things right, only to find that this is very easy because all you need to know is the formula and the name of our local. You are able to substitute and then you do the calculations. After that, you are able to recommend which one is the best investment between simple and compound interest based on the calculations that you have made. Now, let us go straight to the contents now. It is very important for learners to understand some concepts which may not necessarily be the focus of this lesson because you will never find a question that says define investments, but you will get these concepts being unpacked during this lesson before the end of the lesson because you, you will find most of them like simple interest, compound interest, but learners must understand what constitutes the definition of simple interest and what constitutes the definition of compound interest, accumulated fixed rate and all that. So now, let us go straight to bullet number one, which talks about functions of Johannesburg Security Exchange, which is JSE. There is only one question that you will find with this one, with JSE. Question will be saying, what are the functions? Of course, if we're in a classroom situation, we must be able to at least understand four of them, which number one will be it serves as a barometer or an indicator of economic condition in South Africa. That one must be noted. And another thing that you must also understand about JS is that it is a link between investors and only public companies, not just companies. So I think it is advisable for teachers that they put emphasis on this one to say it does not just link investors with companies, but it links investors with public companies. So number two, it keeps investors informed on share prices as published daily, meaning JSE makes sure that for investors, they know what's happening in the market in terms of the value of shares because it talks about share prices on daily basis. So another point is it serves as a link between the investors and public companies. And I have already said that it provides protection for investors. So now it means if you are investing in a public company, JSE will always provide protection for you. And if we can get this one right, we, because we do find this question in most of our question papers, we must be able to respond with those points. And there are many other points which I think in a classroom set situation, you will engage further with them. Now, even if you are at home with your parents or with your friends or with anyone. If you can't make conversation with this topic today, it means you'll be failing or you'll be struggling to understand this one. So I'm saying if you can be able to understand the investment opportunities, of course, you can even say now, when I have money, I will invest my money 
in these ones. There are so many investment opportunities. But now, Business Studies is focusing on these ones that I'm going to go through now. So number one is RSA Retail Savings Bonds. And this one is only available for South African citizens. Of course, it's an opportunity to invest your money. Or it encourages uh, the public of South Africa to save their money. Another one will be unit trust, meaning if you, you feel that you are interested in, in retail savings bonds, you can take a decision now to say, I will take this opportunity because this is an, an investment opportunity where you can save your money in. So another one is your unit trust, which is a collection of investment options or methods made up of shares in different companies. And we need to understand that this is an investment of a number of investors that are pulled together to form a trust fund. And it is managed by experienced fund managers, meaning if you are failing to decide whether to save your money in retail savings bonds, you need to make sure that you understand them and you understand unit trust before you take a decision because these are opportunities that are there for you to, to save your money in. And another one would be shares. First of all, you must understand the types of shares where you decide whether you are buying ordinary preference shares and, and so forth. So this is where you are buying shares in a company so you become a shareholder in that company. And another one that is commonly used is fixed deposits where you are fixing your money. Maybe you have won lotto or you have got money maybe from retirement or whichever way you have got money, you decide to say, I'm putting this money in any of the banks to say, I will only withdraw this money in the next five years, in the next 10 years, meaning you have fixed your money. But you must also understand what are the risk factors associated with fixed deposit. I would love to see learners having given priority to these four that I've just spoken about to say you must leave no stone unturned as far as the understanding of these four is concerned. Because you still do have managed portfolio, you still do have debentures, you still do have fixed property where you are buying a piece of land or a house, you still have mutual funds or stock fells which is commonly used mostly in rural areas and wherever. And you also have business ventures or venture capital. You still have endowment or life insurance policies. You still have retirement annuities to say, even if you do have your UIF, but you know that you need more money now, so you can decide to invest some of your money with retirement annuities. And then this one again is commonly used, which is 32 days notice where you put your money in the bank and then if you want it back, you will only give them a 32 days notice. Those are some of the investment options that we have. Now, moving right along, like I said, if you understand them, you will also need to understand the risk factors associated with each and every of these investment opportunities. To say, for now, if you look at RSA retail savings bond, you must understand that the risk is very low as an investment is made in the government who cannot disappear or go bankruptcy. Meaning, it is more reliable because if you invest with the government, of course you assure your money to be safe. 
This is why the next bullet they is saying it is a safe investment as it cannot be sold on an open market. Meaning you save your money with RSA retail savings bonds, your money may be a bit safer. You need trust. You must know that this investment may be made in high or low risk, which is spread the risk throughout the fund and lowers the risk for the investors. So, therefore, it is very important to understand what is the risk associated with that and that one of shares. You must know the different types of shares that if you are buying ordinary shares, you must know that it is not guaranteed that all the time you will get your dividends at the end of the month or a year or whatever period. But with preferences, some of them, they have a very low risk because they are guaranteed to be paid back. For fixed deposit, there is a very low risk, again, associated with fixed deposit. It's just that their returns are very low. You must understand that because it will inform your decision to say, are you investing in shares? Are you investing in fixed deposit? Are you investing in unit trust and all that? For managed portfolio, the risk is lower uh, over a long-term period. For debentures, debentures have a, a low risk as they must be paid back. It means they are guaranteed. So therefore, if you do not want to run a risk, then you can't buy ordinary shares. Maybe you can look into your debentures. Maybe you can fix your money through fixed deposits. If you buy properties, they are very low risk over a long time. Meaning, the more you invest in maybe buying a, a property like a house or a piece of land, then you know in a long run you will make a living out of it. Stockwells, they are having a very low interest rates, but your money is safe. But now, like I said, this is commonly used in most rural areas, which I may not be true with that. But we know that there is a lot of crime now to say if they know that there is a Stockfell date or whatever, these criminals can go after you and you may not be secured, meaning you may still assess that risk in relation to or in comparison to all other forms of uh, investment opportunities to say which one do you want to invest your money into because this is the risk associated with this type of investment opportunity. Business ventures, they are very high risk for investors if the history of the company is not well researched. Meaning, if you want to venture into a business or if you want to put your, your capital as venture capital in any business, you may be running a risk if you did not do a thorough research with that particular company. Retirement annuities, low risk, uh, and then 32 days notice, again, there is very low risk associated with that. But if we are in a classroom situation, we need really to expand on these ones now for the types of shares now if you want to buy shares in my experience i have seen a number of question papers they do have shares it's either ordinary shares it's either preference shares or types of preferences founders shares bonus shares but i want to believe that it is an honest decision if we make sure that even if we go for founders shares and bonus shares yes we need to know them because they are there in the exam guideline but it is very important to first make sure that you leave no stone unturned as far as ordinary and preferences are concerned. Now, for preferences, these are standard shares with no specific right or restrictions. Shareholders may receive higher dividends when the company has made a large profit. Now, for these ones, like I said earlier, they are not guaranteed to be paid back, but again, 
you must make sure that you understand what are ordinary shares in relation to taking a decision to say you are buying ordinary shares or something. Preference shares, uh, of course, they are, they are guaranteed to be paid. But now there are types of preference shares where we advise our teachers and learners to say, okay, fine. If you want to understand them, the types of preferences, if there is cumulative preferences, definitely there is non-cumulative preferences. So if you teach the other ones, then you will always understand the other ones because the other ones are an opposite of the other one. So if you have cumulative, then you have also non-cumulative. So if it is cumulative, it means it grows over time. But if it is non-cumulative, it means you put it today, you get it the same the next time. Redeemable meaning you can still get them back even after some time. But if it is non-redeemable, it means you can't get it back. Participative, non-participative. So it is wise to teach the other ones for learners to understand because you just put none there. But it's my just piece of advice to some of you. Founders shares, this one only belongs to the founders or the people who started the company. Bonus shares, of course, like it says, is a bonus. So upon an agreed period, you get these shares in terms of bonuses. But more importantly, you must be able to differentiate between ordinary shares and preference shares. Of course, we must always advise that if you are differentiating, number one, it is advisable. Of course, it is not compulsory that you draw a table, but let us warn our teachers and learners to conscientize themselves to say, okay, fine. If you want to go for a table, let us not forget the numbering because if there is no numbering, learners will be severely penalized. So I have observed that most learners, when they have to write tables, they just write tables and then they leave out the numbering and that will cause problems for most of you. So for ordinary shares, ordinary shares only receive dividends when profit is made, meaning if there is no profit, then you do not get any dividends. Whereas if you are differentiating, it means your first bullet must link to the first bullet on the other side. So for preferences, it says some of these types of shares receive dividends regardless of the profit made. Even if the business did not make a profit, but you still get uh, preferences because they are guaranteed. For ordinary shares, again, normally the higher the investment means the higher the dividends, meaning the more money you put, uh, the more chances you get uh, to get more money or dividends at the end of the month or whatever period. Whereas for, for preferences, there is a fixed rate of return paid on these types of shares. Meaning, if you get 10%, you will get 10% every month. Whereas for ordinary shares, if you have more money or the business is making more profit, you can get better money and you may not get anything in the next month. Thirdly, for ordinary shares, shareholders are last to be paid. Meaning, we pay all other shares before we pay ordinary shares. You must also understand that, uh, kids. Uh, whereas for preference shares, shareholders are preferred claim, even if the business goes bankruptcy, but still you'll always get your dividends if you have a bought preference shares in that company. Now, there are rights associated with these two types of shares. So there are, there are rights of preference shareholders, there are also rights of ordinary shareholders. It is very important, again, to note these rights. So let us look at the rights of preference shareholders. If you have preferences, of course, number one, you have a right to receive 
dividends regardless of how much profit is made. Remember, they are fixed, so you get your money. And number two, you have a right to receive a fixed rate of return, like we said. Number three, they are paid first. So, of course, they enjoy preferential right to dividends. Now, because of time, I will not focus much on the rights of ordinary shares, except without mentioning that if you, you own ordinary shares, then therefore you have a right to vote in annual general meetings. And I want to move on to the impact of these investment opportunities. Like I said, these four main ones are main ones because at the end of the day, you need to evaluate them. Now for evaluation, again, it is advisable that you use a table so that you are able to see what's positive and what's negative. But again, if you want to go for a table, you must always know that you must not forget the numbering. So what is positive about RSA retail savings bonds? Number one, they are guaranteed returns as interest is fixed for the whole investment period. Meaning if you invest your money in RSA retail savings bond, of course, you will always get your money. That is good. And number two, that is positive. Investment may be easily accessible as cash may be withdrawn uh, after the first 12 months. So now, whereas what is negative about them is that retail bonds cannot be uh, ceded to banks as a security. Meaning, if you want to make a loan, you can't say, I have a bond, then I can use it as a security. You can't do that. So that is negative. Only a minimum of 1,000 rand can be invested. Meaning, if you want to invest your money, you can invest if you have 500 rand, which is negative again because... Uh, some of us do not have money and we always want to make investments, but you can't make it if it is less than 1,000 rand. And the third one is retail bonds are not freely transferable, meaning you can't give it to someone else. For unit trust, what is positive is that it is managed by knowledgeable fund managers. So therefore, it is safe to put your money there because you know that anyone who manages that, of course, they know exactly what they have to do. It is a safe investment as it is managed according to the rules and regulations. They are very tight rules with unit trust, meaning if you put your money there, of course, you never go wrong. But on the flip side of things, it is not appropriate for a short-term investments, meaning if you, you will need your money in a near future, very short period of time, of course, this may not be an option. Whereas we may not know, uh, even today we have a, a problem. Maybe we, we can't even go to work uh, because of this coronavirus, but again, we need money. So you can't even go there and take your money if you just invested your money in. Uh, whereas with your RSA retail savings bonds, you can access your money as long as it is after 12 months. So it is not advisable investors who want to avoid risk at all costs. So if you are that type of a person who says, I do not want to risk with any of my cent, then therefore it is not advisable, which is of course negative because it says uh, part of it is safe, but you must also know that there is a risk associated to it. Shares. Holding a higher number of shares may result in higher profit. That is positive. Of course, if you, like we said in ordinary shares, if you buy more shares or if you, you, you spend more or if you invest more money, then you expect to get more returns. Uh, number two, they can be free transferable or traded into JSE. So therefore, it's easy to take your shares or you can still go and invest in public companies through JSE. However, what is negative about them is that Holders may receive less dividends 
if the company does not make a profit. And you know that that is related to ordinary shares. To say if you have ordinary shares, not all the time you will always get your dividends. Number two, which is negative, companies have no legal obligation to pay uh, dividends to shareholders. So not all the time you will always get your, your dividends like we said. So therefore, that is also negative because you took your money and then you invested it, but now you are not getting the dividends and that is not so cool. For fixed deposits, interest is earned at a fixed rate regardless of the changes in the economic climate, meaning if you have fixed your money, you'll always receive your earnings, but at a fixed rate, which is good. And another thing that is good, the investor can choose the investment period. So you are deciding whether you want to invest your money for the next five years, 10 years, or whichever period. But again, what is negative is that the investor cannot withdraw their funds before the maturity date. So if you sign today to say I'm investing my money for the next five years, you may not get it even in your fourth year. You can't get it because your, your agreement is saying you can only get it after five years. There is very low returns. It is advisable that you understand all these positives and negatives for each and every one of them because you may find any of them in the examination. Now, there are factors that you need to consider when making an investment decision. So now you need to look at yourself because options are there, but now you may not qualify to invest in some of them. So these are the factors that you need to consider if you want to make an investment decision. Number one is the return on investment. How much returns does your investment is going to yield at a specific period of time? Meaning, if you want bigger money as a return, on your investment, of course, you need to look at better options that will suit one your pocket and the, your targeted return to say, this is how much I want to get out of that. Right now, I just spoken about the risk associated to each one of them, which you must also consider to say, what is the risk associated with each and every investment opportunity that is there? Liquidity. You must also understand how easy it is to convert that investment into your money, like let us make an example of unit trust and, and, and RSA retail savings bonds. With RSA retail savings bonds, it's easy because cash is accessible after 12 months. But with unit trust, it's not easy to get your money uh, if you want to invest for a shorter period of time. Meaning you must understand how easy it is for you to cash that investment. So that is liquidity. How how easy it is to turn your investment into your hard cash because you may need cash at any given time. So that is another factor that you need to consider if you want to make an investment. Taxation. Some investments will yield good returns even after tax. So you must understand what are the tax implications of that type of investment. Inflation rate, we always know that this is a general decrease in the value of money. So let us understand how much of that will impact on on your, your investment option. To say, if you want to invest in stock wells, then you will know that maybe inflation rate may not necessarily affect you. Uh, investment period, how long do you want to invest your money? Investment uh, planning options, have you planned properly? These are some of the things that you need to consider. Your budget, which is very important. Now, if you are earning 3,500 rand a month, of course, you can't say I'm investing 3,000 rand because you still have needs, you still have to live. So therefore, it is advisable to check what is there in your budget in terms of 
uh, how much are you earning and how much are you spreading the risk across this money that you have because if you want to encourage investments of course you need to look as to what is that money that you spend without accounting for so therefore that is the money that you need to put in the savings or investments now lastly because we have been talking about investing money all these things will always boil down to the type of a specific interest that you will get at the end of the day so there are two types of interest in business studies that we deal with number one is simple interest and the other one is compound interest now for simple interest learners must be able to differentiate these two of course we always advise again that if you are differentiating then it is advisable to use the table however i am putting emphasis on this one not to leave out the numbering if you are putting it in a table so the question may come and say differentiate between simple interest and compound interest so learners must be able to say simple interest is calculated on the original or principal amount investment only another one that you need to understand about simple interest is that accumulated interest from prior periods is not used in calculation for the, the following periods unlike with compound interest number three interest charge remain fixed for the full period of investment even if you are investing for the next five years of course your money will always be the same so therefore it is remaining fixed for the entire period that you are saving your money for whereas for compound interest compound uh, even if we use english compound means two so therefore your interest here is compounding so number one uh, with compound interest it is calculated each period of original principal including all interest accumulated during the past periods unlike with simple interest because they do not consider the the interest that is accumulated during past periods but with this one so we find interest for the original amount and we also found uh, the interest of the other accumulated uh, interest during the past periods number two accumulated uh, interest from prior periods is used in calculating the following period meaning um this one grows into this is why it says compound interest so based on the concept of adding accumulated accumulated interest on the original the amount and uh, as an interest now is bigger compared to the simple interest so now i'm imagining a classroom where we have learners sitting down then the question is there on the board to say okay fine if you are borrowing people the money how are you going to charge your interest to them so how would you want them to pay you interest so if learners understand the difference between the two they will always say i will always charge them with compound interest because compound interest will always yield better interest as compared to simple interest but you just turn the corner and ask the same question and say okay fine now you are going to a financial institution you are, you, you want to borrow the money how would you want to give them interest their interest how would you want them to charge you interest now the learners must be able to say i want to pay them using simple interest because uh, you will be paying less then you you can uh, assure anyone that these learners at least understand the difference between these two because this is why there is a question that says differentiate between the two because you must understand that if you are investing your money you must be able to see 
uh, whether you are going to get simple interest or compound interest based on the investment opportunity that you have chosen. But as I'm going to conclude now with the calculations, I know uh, this is the part that is not user-friendly with most of our learners to say, uh, learners do not like calculations. But fortunately, if you have learners who are doing pure maths again in your classroom as a teacher now, you, you will be very lucky because they understand how to calculate these two types of interest. So now, if you want to do the calculation now, it's simple. If you are failing to follow the formula, then you may be dead in some way. But if you are able to follow the formula, you'll always be safe. Sometimes as teachers, we are not comfortable with this one because now we, we always have to go back there and do the maths and all that, only to find that this is very simple because if you know the formula, the next stage is just substitution, which is very easy. The next stage is just using your calculator. You'll always find the correct answers. So number one, if you want to do the calculation, you must understand that the formula for simple interest is P times R times t for p stands for the principal amount then for r stands for rate for t stands for time meaning you know that the principal is the amount of the money that you are investing the rate is in percentage usually whether 30 percent 20 percent and then the time is the number of years whether it's two years three years and all that if you get those right then it becomes easier Whereas the formula for calculating compound interest is different. And if you are not using this formula, of course, you may not necessarily get uh, the difference in terms of which one makes better interest between simple and compound interest. So for compound interest is P into, if you open that bracket, you, you will always understand if you are doing maths. If we are saying into means you P and then you open the, the bracket, then 1 plus i all into n minus p. So the same p is the same p for principal. 1 is just 1 for the formula. i is the uh, interest rate that you will be uh, 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 getting in terms of percentage. And then n is the number of years, just like we have done with the, the formula for, for simple interest. So if you know these formulas, then the next step will be just substitution. If you are substituting, it means in the space of a letter, you put figures. Where do you get those figures from? Of course, from the question. So in the question paper, you will find an example like Tabo invested 250 at 30% for three years. So it's simple. Remember your, your, your formulas, put in your formulas there. And then for P, you will put 250. For, for R, you will put uh, 30% or 30 or 30 over 100 because it's percentage. Then for T, you will just put 3 because it's 3 years. And then you go to your calculator. But now I have seen learners having difficulties in converting uh, the percentage now into uh, decimal digits. So if it is 30%, that is 0, 0,3. But you just do that because your teachers, of course, will always help you how to convert that because that is the only area that gives you problems. So if you know the formula and then you know how to substitute, then you go to your calculator, you punch this thing, and then you'll always get the money. With compound interest, you'll be saying 250 into 1 plus 30 over 100, close the bracket, uh, and then instead of N, you put that 3. 
minus 250, which is your principal. And then if you go down with that calculation, you will always see that it gives you different amounts. And for compound interest, it will always be better than simple interest. So at the bottom of your exam guideline, it says, judge, after having calculated which one is a better option, of course, your compound interest will always be better. So the advice will be that uh, if you, you, you calculate and then you're using the same figures, but you get less amount of money for compound interest and you get bigger amount for simple interest using same figures, of course, you'll always know that there's something wrong with that. So I wish you well uh, in your holidays. I hope you will find this lesson helpful to you. And um, with your own time, try and engage with these clips. You'll always find support. And uh, these are some of the tips that we can, at the moment, while we're at home, uh, make use of. Try and conscientize yourself with these lessons. You will find that they are some of the things that they, will, they are going to help you. Having said all of that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to thank you. That Business Studies lesson was brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education.